back with Stephen McWhorter. He uh, formerly was with Iron Bell Music and now is a famous worldwide worship leader. Um, has toured with all the greats. And uh, Stephen, it's nice to see you, man. Nice to, I nice also to know Jesus. <laughs> hey, man. Put that in there. So we're going to just like open I up the center. <laughs> What's that? It's a single-handedly cured cancer. Go on. <laughs> the reason Jacob survived COVID. Yeah. I know. I kept thinking when I was in the hospital, if I can, you know, that was my motivation to get out to talk to Stephen. So. <laughs> So we are going to open this up with some deep theological questions. So I hope you are ready for this. Jesse, you want to go first? Yeah. Um, Steven, Steven um, crunchy or creamy peanut butter, man? Creamy. All right. Pineapples on pizza or off pizza? Um, uh, off. I'm a, I'm a pure like pepperoni, like kind of, you know, basic pizza guy but i did i worked in pizza delivery so i've eaten some wild pizzas okay. time. Adventure. not a i'm in a very adventurous eater but i'm a purist when it comes to pizza okay um christmas decorations on november 1st or right after thanksgiving don't get started my wife put everything up already and i said we have to wait till thanksgiving so this is an ongoing <laughs> well you see what we did tonight so yeah it's cool. Jesse, uh, another one for you. Are you uh, sloppy wet or unforeseen? What? Oh, gotcha. <laughs> it depends on what church I'm in. That's legit, <laughs> honestly. If I'm in a strict Southern Baptist, it's unforeseen. If I'm in a Pentecostal gathering, get ready, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Here <laughs> we interviewed uh, Rusty a few weeks ago, and we asked him that question. He oh, said, yeah. well... He said when Crowder is on Winter Jam with him, he he actually just holds the microphone away and lets the audience decide when they, when they sing that part. So, I had Russ in my basement recently in this, awesome. In this studio. Awesome. Good job. Well, um, now we're going to go to the not so serious questions. No, actually, we uh, you know we've we've listened to your music. We really you know we really like some of your stuff. Uh, good thing you know. Uh, great testimony, but we want to hear everyone else has not heard your testimony. And so if you do not mind, Stephen, uh, would you please share your testimony with us? No, I don't mind. It's funny. It's like I've been doing this for many years and I've probably told this story thousands of times, literally. And um, I'm like, Lord, I have so many other like messages and things I can tell. He's like, nope, this is it. Just keep saying this. So it's all good. Um, yeah, you know, I was raised an evangelist son, but um, literally church camp to church camp throughout my, my teens, my young adult life, rather, uh, when I was a little kid. And uh, But the guy I saw on Sunday morning or, you know, in the pulpit, and the, the one that I saw in private were not the same. Um, in all candidness, uh, you know, I saw my father physically abuse my mom and then get up and preach about Jesus. And I was like, you know what? If God's real, he's not good. And so I began down this crazy path of just, you know, um, rebellion, you know. Um, 13, I started smoking, drinking, marijuana, that kind of stuff. By the time I'm 15, it's Coke, pills, 
selling drugs. 17, I become a full-out crystal meth addict. I'm using crystal meth like almost every day for nearly six years. Um, I'm the guy at this point that truly loathes Christianity. You even mention the name Jesus around me at this time. I'll either cuss you out or punch you out, you know, uh, one of the two. Uh, but there were people that were super burdened for me, um, praying for me to come to Jesus. Uh, and I remember somebody coming, giving me this book about Jesus called The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. And, um, and this isn't about the book. Great book. I love Lee. I love the story. It's awesome. But uh, the Lord just used the book. You know, he can use all kinds of stuff. And so I've had a lot of people going, what's that book? I got to get somebody saved. I'm going to give them that book. (laughs) You know, I can see somebody go, this book? But, you know, they, they, uh, it's a great book actually. But, you know, I haven't told you, haven't said just how against Christianity I was. The most miraculous part I always say in my story is that I accepted this book from this person without like clawing their eyes out. Right. And, uh, you know, I was like, cool, whatever. And I took it. I'm living in a house full of musicians, drugs. It's like a cliche. It's three o'clock in the morning. I literally have drugs on the side table next to me. Nobody's playing softly and quietly in the corner. You know, no, but there's no, it's seemingly the most improbable place for somebody to get saved. But, um, but I always say, you know, it's the kindness of God, uh, a very real God that would meet a wounded pastor's kid in a place like this. Um, untouched by the hands of man, right? Like not in a pew, not that he can't do it in a pew, but it, he knew it had to be like this. Oh, yeah. We begin to have this internal dialogue that went like this, you know, Stephen, I'm real. I'm good. And he didn't, he, he didn't sound like you, Stephen, I'm good, but uh, <laughs> Stephen, I'm good. I'll have a purpose for your life. What are you going to do about it? And, you know, I always say that that sounds like I, you know, pull a bunch of words out of a book called Christian Things to Say, you know, because it's like, you have a purpose, and I'm good. And, you know, it's like, it's the stuff you you don't want to sound spiritual, insert these words in the sentence. And, uh, but, you know, God has a way of saying something you've heard a million times, as simple as I love you, but you've never really, really heard it before. Even if you've heard it from somebody that meant it, you've never really heard it when God says it, because he's not just saying something like, I love you or I'm good. He's saying who he is. Yeah. That's like good. it's his character. It's his nature. So he's right. the source of all those things. And when I, when I heard him say those things, you know, it like unlocks something that's like dormant inside me, especially the good thing. You know, it's like, God's good. At what? Uh, Cause my assumption was his, even if he's real, his plan is a bummer for me. Uh, but good for him, but I should want it because he's God. That sounds crazy. That's the way I thought, you know, but, you know, God's the source of good. You can't, you know, we all long for good. We all long for things to be good, to feel good, to go after something good, but you can't have it without him. He's the source, right? He's the very source of goodness. Um, And so I really struggled with all that stuff. But so in that moment, I was like, God, look, you know, hey, I want to give you my life. I want to quit all this addiction, all this darkness, all this Ugh, depression, all this stuff I've known for so long. God, I want to, but I can't. I mean, at this point, I'm thinking, I don't even remember what it's like to be a little kid. And, you know, hey, if you're an addiction recovery person or something, you hear this, you'll know exactly what I mean. I don't remember what it was like to be a little kid and not need something to make me feel happy. Mm. 
I couldn't remember what that was like. I remember being up for like four days and having that conversation with myself where I was like, you're going to die from this, but you can't quit. So there it is. So I was literally at the bottom. So there's no pretending. I was like, God, I want to quit. I want to do it, but I can't. I just remember the Holy Spirit, like breathing something into me that, uh, truly changed me. Like, I just like, and he was like, Stephen, you won't do it. I'll do it. You know? And just like the purest part of the gospel, you know, in John, Jesus says the only work the father asks of us is that we believe. Do we actually believe what he says? Do we take it? Like, believe it. Like I believe I'm breathing air, right? Like really believe, you know? And I did, I believed and I fell to my knees, uh, You know, gave my life to Christ in that room, uh, literally quit everything overnight, which is kind of crazy. Uh, kind of crazy. It's very crazy. Went from addiction to redemption, meth addict to worship leader because God's real. It's all real. I mean, forget about anything you've ever learned in Sunday school. That's all good. Imagine you're on a desert Island. God's real. You know what I mean? Like it's all, it's crazy. And I know that now. And that was the beginning of a very crazy you know, journey. Yeah. Oh, and I'll say this. If you are an addict and you hear me say, I quit everything overnight. A lot of people in addiction recovery always say, oh, you can't say that. It doesn't work like that. It takes time. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, look, it is what it is. Take it up with him when you get to heaven. <laughs> you know? yeah. But yeah. it's in the gospels that Jesus never healed anyone the same way twice. Mm-hmm. Um, because every story has a purpose. And so if you're hearing this, your story is important. God wants to use it. Um, he had plenty of other screwed up things with me to work on for years to come be, besides addiction. <laughs> oh yeah. Right. I love, I love that. And I love how, I don't know, just the, your testimony just shows the power of God and who he is and his, like just the authority and, and everything that like, I don't know, for your life and for anybody's life, like just overnight, you were just like, Oh, I believe like I'm there. So, yeah. And if you knew me, I don't have that kind of willpower. Uh, (laughs) You're not, you're not an addiction for 11 years because you got strong willpower. You know, (laughs) it's like, uh, you know, God's real, man. It's legit. And we do these tours and we, we play and yeah, we do songs, but then I always share my testimony and then we do an altar call and we see, you know, 15 to 20% of every room get saved just by telling people, this is what God did do you want to give your life to jesus and it's really amazing how you know the gospel is purest is that i once was blind but now i see this is what god did yeah it's real um so it's really cool it's i mean it's like you know it's like the samaritan woman at the well she has a five or ten minute conversation with jesus and the bible says because of her testimony that many people in her town started following Christ and she knew Jesus for five or 10 minutes. And her testimony was so powerful that they begged for him to stay. Think about this. And it's, and it's that thing of, like you said, you've told it a thousand times, but I mean, we overcome the, the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And newsflash, uh, ex meth addict doesn't look good on her job resume. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. God is a way of taking the thing that we think will mark our life with shame Mm-hmm. And he used it to mark our life with glory. If you take the woman at the well, she said, God, Jesus told her everything she ever did. Mm-hmm. 
Think about that. That's a horrible thing to have happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everything you ever did, you were like, no, don't look. And she was like, Oh my gosh, God's real. Everybody come and listen to this guy who just told me everything I ever did. It's like in, in our church, it's like, hey, it's very taboo to even talk about repentance and like dragging stuff out and saying, hey, God, we're sorry. This is who we are. And there's blessing connected to that. Um, we don't see that. You know, Acts 319, I think, 20, it says, repent, the time of refreshment will come. It's like we just think repent and then you're in big trouble and nobody's ever going to talk to you again. You're going to lose your job. <laughs> Not come listen to this guy who just told me everything I ever did, you know? Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's crazy, bro. But mm. there's real freedom in that. That is the true gospel, bro. I mean, it is. Yeah. yeah. If I can just ask you one more question about your story, you you mentioned that there were some people burdened for you. Yeah. And someone gave you that book. Um, who was praying for you? Did you learn someone after the fact had been just super praying for you while you were running? My sister was one of those people, but there were, there were a lot of other people, but you know, I remember them just some people saying they would pull over on the side of the road and just be like boogers out of the nose, ugly crying over me coming to Jesus. Right. And I always say we are such instinctively selfish people that if uh, you ever pull inside the, the road and just start ugly crying over somebody coming to Jesus, that's the Holy spirit in you wooing you to intercede on behalf of that person. And there's something that God wants to do in you as much as he wants to do something through you. There's a reason why you're burdened for this person. There's something powerful about you because people always want to go to this like preacher or this man of God crying and they're like, and they should, and we will pray. And I always pray for people, but there's a reason you're burdened. You're like, pray for my brother, pray for my wife, pray for my friend, please, please, please. Well, there's a reason you're so burdened. Because the Holy Spirit has put it on you. There's something important about you getting on your knees and saying that person's name. Yeah, yeah, yeah intercession. It's and it's. I ask you that because it's something that I'm pretty passionate about. You know, praying for someone when God brings them to your mind. Because uh, when I was, I spent a few years running from the Lord, and you know, I, I did the whole thing of I believe in a higher power, but it's not necessarily the Lord. You know, that was kind of me for a while, right. just kind of doing my own thing. And my older brother, Jacob, I would go to his house and he'd always invite me to church and I'd always have excuses. Da, da, da. And I was like, eh, you know, I'm fine. And I and it, and, it, and it took years for me to realize or to learn this. But later on, like after I had returned to the Lord and uh, maybe five or six years, his wife tells me, oh, yeah, Jacob used to just when you would leave the house, he would bawl for you. He would just fall down and just cry for your salvation. And I was like, I had no idea. You were yeah. like, wow, what a pansy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I probably would have been the time. No, I was I was not a good, great guy during that time in my life. But yeah, just. Uh, and again, that, that's the Lord. Yeah. That is the yeah. Lord. You know, I needed it. the Lord said Ananias to pray for Paul. You know, uh, I'm sure Paul was like, nah, man, what about those other 11 guys? He was like, no, there's something for you in it, you know? Um, yeah. Crazy. That's something that's I've done. Thing. You know, the last couple of years, I would always used to tell people, you know, they they would tell me, you know, be praying for whatever situation and or whatever, be praying for my lost loved one. And, you know, I would always go, OK, I will. And but, you know, I thought about it and I was like, you know, I'm going to do it on the spot, you know, and rather than say I'm actually, yeah, I'll, I'll keep you my prayers. I add you to my list, but just do it right yeah. then and there um, and just and just ask God, you know 
to work, work in that situation, you know, and, and then just join hands with them. And, mm-hmm. uh, well, that was pre COVID, but still, <laughs> we still join hands with them and, uh, just ask God, you know, to do it because like, sure. like he did you, Steven, I mean, he could set you free overnight. My, my brother-in-law had a, you know, he was into drugs and alcohol for many years, my wife's uh, brother. And he went to a Christian rehab and he, he didn't want to go. And, um, he went to a, a place in North Carolina, Boone, North Carolina, and uh, they had a chapel service. They had a few chapel services, and all he could think about was getting high and doing drugs and things like that. And uh, one day, God God got a hold of him after a chapel service. He said it was raining, pouring down raining, and he went out to an open field beyond the woods. It was like surrounded by woods, and he went out to an open field, and he says, God, if you are real, you need to show yourself to me. And he said the next thing he remembers was being on his knees in the pouring down rain, crying out to God, asking for God to take it, take that from him, you know, that that junk. And God did and set him free right then. He didn't have a craving for any alcohol, any kind of drug, no more pills. I mean, instantly he was set free. So I, I'm the power of God is is no joke. Wow, bro. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing your your story with us, Stephen. Uh, I've heard it a few times, and I and I'm always, uh, yeah. It, it doesn't get old, man. It's a, it's a fantastic thing when uh, we experience the gospel and and Christ in that way. And so, thanks for sharing that with us. Uh, we we we're the Christian music podcast guys, and uh, we we often will talk about uh, our own experience with uh, contemporary Christian music, CCM, growing up, what that looked like in our lives. Um, and we talk about different genres. So a uh, question we have for you would be like, what's your experience with CCM? I know you said you grew up in church. Uh, like who were those artists that you guys listened to? And, and, and did you, when you were on the run, was there anybody you still listened to? And when you came back to the Lord, I mean, what are those people that are influenced to you? When I was real young, it was the hymnal. That was like, it, and like this husband and wife duo that would sing like, Land, you know what I mean? And it was like that. <laughs> bring it in the sheaves. That's all I remember when I was a kid. <laughs> and then as I grew up, when I was a teen scum, I didn't listen to anything like that. You know, I was like, I was listening. I was in death metal bands when I was in my teens and all kinds of crazy stuff. I'm screaming and it was wild. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then I remember even when I became a Christian, actually, um, <laughs> I, you know, going from all that to being saved and a year after I got saved, uh, this very hard up church hired me to be their, uh, worship leader for their contemporary service, right? Because they had an early old school service, you know. And I just went from being like in death metal bands, smoking pot in the back of bars. and Did you, you smash know, a guitar on a Sunday morning? And, and now here I am, and they would slide me a list. Of, they literally gave me a list of songs I was allowed to play. And the coolest one on that list at that time was I Can Only Imagine. And I was, uh. <laughs> this is flipped upside down, y'all. And uh, But, you know, interesting. If you really experience God and you know he's real, it's not just a nice idea. Suddenly singing these songs that really are kind of cheesy to you, you're happy to sing them because you actually believe what you're singing. And if you come out of that place, it's like, dude, I'll do whatever. This is awesome. Um, So I think as I grew into all that, you know, it's weird now where I'm at and I, and I actually have gotten to meet a lot of these people and write with a lot of these people and spend time with these people that 
I, I felt connected to from a distance as a worship leader for many years. And now I'm a songwriter and in the industry and all this kind of stuff. It's, it's really interesting. Right. Um, and I think for me, like if I was to say that there's something that's been really influential to me, uh, gosh, it's so hard. You know, Jason Ingram, I would say is probably one of the most influential people that I've met in my life. Um, yeah. Matt, Matt Mar is a good friend and he's been really awesome to connect with. And these are people that are genuinely kind people. Yeah. So, um, and, and like talking about CCM and then you, like, we're talking about how we're like with you being a worship leader, how do you think the worship genre like now has impacted the CCM world? Um, because we see right now, like a big influx in like worship music and like, I mean, with everything, like it's like, it's blowing up. How do you think that's impact impacting the CCM? Um, I think now CCM is more aware of it than they were. Cause let's be honest. Um, if you look back at songs that we're doing well, like Holy spirit suddenly like one and like a Grammy one year, but yeah. at that time the song was like over 10 years old and I've been mm-hmm. in churches. And so when people heard it on the radio, they're like, Oh, I know this song. I like this song. So the radio <laughs> plays it. Right. So it's yeah. kind of like, it's been doing that for longer than I think we might realize but now it's like really starting to dominate it because to be totally honest because uh, a younger generation is coming up and going this is the music i connect to and so and now it's a it's more of a vital thing as opposed to in christian radio you have a lot of people and this is not me being mean it's just really what it is you have um you know um I don't know how to say middle-aged <laughs> or donors to a radio station and the radio station values their, what they like. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And so they play the things that those people like, which is great. And so now there's, there's a switch in some of that it's starting to change yeah. a little bit. And you have, so I think that's part of it. You've got stuff like Maverick city and things that are just really blown up, you know? Yeah. Uh, and a lot of that too is, Man, we just went through something as a civilization of humanity. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. This is crazy, right? right? Like nothing like this since the depression, great depression. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. As something impacted society on a whole, right? Mm-hmm. As the COVID pandemic did. And so everything stopped. And yeah. now and it made people go, wait a minute, what do I really care about? Or or maybe they didn't. They were just waiting for the lights to get turned back on. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, metaphorically speaking. So I don't know. You know, I think it is changing things. But now the question is, at the end of the day, for me personally, I'm always looking at it going, are we, are we creating out of a place? So like the, the original worship, the Psalms, right, let's say, mm-hmm. yeah. David alone in a field half of it yeah. right just yeah. talking to the lord not going oh someday, someday this is going to be the jam you know people are going to yeah. be like, oh, i can see these people singing these blah, blah. he's just out there talking to god right it's just him and the lord and he's oh, creating yeah. intimate real stuff for the father right yeah and if we can create a place where we're literally just hearing the songs already written in heaven and we're just creating for him with him and then it goes out now it's something that i believe is really special 
as opposed to creating from a place of will my church sing this mm. will people like this will this 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 happen as opposed to creating out of the overflow of an intimacy with the lord like who are you and nobody's watching with him right not in that time i'm thinking about like rehearsing for sunday morning or you know what i mean like, like yeah. it's just you and him now who you are in front of people is the overflow of that and it's like if we can create at that place worship everything then it's going to shift the whole trajectory like right. does that make sense oh yeah, yeah definitely we were talking um just a few days ago we we did a um, put out an episode on worship and we we got to talking about you know the basically the beginning from what we could recall you know of worship music being popular quote unquote um you know when sonic flood came out you know that was a big deal and then i remember watching a documentary uh the jesus music documentary and michael w smith was talking about, you know, in the late 90s, God laid it upon his heart to do a worship album. He's like, I'm a pop singer. You know, I'm a Christian pop singer. There's no way I'm doing that. And God kept nudging at his heart. And he said he woke up in the middle of the night and the Holy Spirit said, you need to do it. And they recorded him in 2001. And, uh, you, know, I, you know, I don't know what you think, Stephen, but I really think, you know, because of his obedience and stuff, you know, that kind of launched... A lot sure. of that worship. I mean, then you had Cutlass doing worship stuff and Seventh Day Slumber and just a whole a lot of, uh, you know, Christian artists that were doing the worship thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think sometimes, I don't know. Again, you just create out of a place where you're really doing it with him. Guess what? When you're with the Lord, uh, you may create a pop song with him. Right. For yeah. him. You know what I mean? Like, that's totally possible. I think I always say, because right, what I'm doing right now is this, like, me and this guy, Jason Claiborne, are doing this whole, like, gospel yeah. worship thing that's like, we did not sit down and go, oh, man, will this do well on Christian radio? Will people sing this on Sunday morning? I don't know. It was all like, okay, God, what do you want to do? That right, sounds yeah. fun. We want to do that, too. Okay, let's go. And that's it. And then you create out of that place, man. And then it's, it's, I think that some of that just needs to happen instead yeah. of people sitting around going pop artists don't need to sit around and go, Ooh, worship's popular now. I better do worship. Uh, <laughs> they oh, need yeah. to go, Holy spirit. What do you want me to do? Sure. I need a hand raising song. Okay. How'd you get, how'd you get connected with Jason? Who? J- how'd you get connected with Jason Claiborne? Uh, Claiborne. Oh, me and him knew each other from years back. We met, uh, I don't know, maybe it was 10 years ago, maybe it was less. We we did, um, we were judges on a Christian singing competition called The Sound. Oh, was that oh, for yeah. Louisville? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Wow. Let's not say any more about that. But That's how a good story start. <laughs> but they were like, hey, you want to be judges? I said, I'm a Christian. I can judge. I'll absolutely. I'll <laughs> was, you the, was you the Simon Cow of the show? <laughs> you're no good. You're no good. You're no good. No, just kidding. <laughs> You're a son of God. You're a daughter. Uh, Did but, you use a, that's going to be a no for me dog line? <laughs> no, it was tough, man. But <laughs> I hit it off on that, man. We became very close friends. And so we've been writing together to stay connected. And I had released this thing called Come Jesus Come with Brian Fowler, who's like Toby Max producer and stuff and a friend of mine. And we had just released this thing called Come Jesus Come. And it was doing really well. And I, 
was on a walk like the day after release. And if you've ever released music, you don't do this the day after you release. I'm on a walk and I'm listening to like a gospel choir thing. And I'm like, oh my God, I love this, God. And I just remember the Lord being like, well, why don't you do it? And I was like, what? <laughs> I'm just thinking, of I can't do that. I'm too white. Which I'm, <laughs> That's what Moses said. Don't send me. I'm too white. No, yeah. I was like, you know, I can't do this. And so I immediately called my friend, Jason Claiborne, <clears throat> and said, hey, dude, you want to do something like this? Get together? Because he has this awesome choir called Atmosphere Changers that are amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, a week later, we were in a studio, and we recorded this thing, Glory Hallelujah, and released it. And then not long after that, the Chosen TV show saw some stuff. I'm like, hey, we'd like for them to come and be on our Christmas special uh, in 2020. And so they flew us out, and we did this song. And it blew up, and then we said, I guess we're supposed to do this. And so here we are. And what, yeah, we, do, was- what we do when we get together and we go, okay, what gospel music is over here? And worship music's over here. What if we just come together? Because a lot of the times what you have is you have the white church saying, okay, we need to we need to do something. Uh, so let's bring a black guy over. And I'm going to say this because I can. Let's bring a black guy over and let's put uh, skinny jeans on him, give him a flat bill hat and have him sing white worship songs. There we go. We're racially balanced now. And, diverse, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, you, you can't separate the music culture from the black church. It's gospel. And there's a, there's, they're really good yeah. at celebrating. Let's bring some of that over. Yeah. And let's bring some of this over and let's see what it sounds like. Because when we get to heaven, it says every nation, every tongue will be singing. And what that sounds like is probably not what we think it sounds like. It's going to be this unique everyone at once. There's no like, okay, over there's the Hillsong room and over there's the Kirk Franklin room. <laughs> over there's the Gaither room. And you know, <laughs> it's going to be harmony of all these sounds yeah. glorifying the Lord. Oh, yeah. I don't know that we know how to do that very well now. And I'm not trying to be so grandiose to say we've done that. But I'm just saying, like, there's something about, like, genuinely just trying to honor each other's sound and create something unique. So, Born a King, your Christmas song, <laughs> um, being a part of The Chosen, um, you know, what was that like? I've been showing The the Chosen to uh, my Bible class, and we, we just love it, and, you know, I think that's pretty awesome that you were a part of that. So how, how did that come about and what was the experience like? Well, thanks for asking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah. Anyways, they, they had reached out and asked us cause they saw some stuff we did and um, they asked us if we had a Christmas song and I won't say that I lied. <laughs> I was to say, I was like, acting responding in faith i said yeah so jason and i wrote a song in a week recorded it had it mixed and mastered and sent it off and that was the song (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah it was crazy uh they literally spotify just added it to like their christmas playlist again this year without us pushing it or anything and i'm like it's still hilarious like if i told anybody that going in they'd be like oh i can hear all the issues with it blah, blah, blah. yeah so is that why there's a reimagined version coming out yeah we did a version uh, plus we did it all we did like probably the funnest thing i've ever done with like oh holy night it's so okay. ridiculously fun um but we had like johnny swim's drummer play on stuff and like do all this. it was just a blast Sweet. awesome awesome man well but anyways, it was, 
And being a part of that was great. It was cool. Did you get to we Did you there. get to see Dallas Jennings? Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Now he's yeah, we we that's uh, his dad is uh, Jerry Jenkins, right? Yeah, the yeah. Left Behind series. Awesome. Time to go. <laughs> he's the reason I got saved a hundred times when I was <laughs> in middle school. Gosh. <laughs> Read those books and repent like a hundred yeah. times. In the Nicolas Cage version, we won't even go there with the Left Behind movie. <laughs> but yeah, it was fun. We had a really good time, Jay and I both. It was really, really great. Great people. Awesome, Stephen. Well, um, Jesse, Chris, y'all have anything else? I'm good. Awesome. Yeah. I'm good. So, well, Stephen. So, so, okay. Yeah. Just tell us what you have going on right now and where people can find what you're doing. And, and, and uh, yeah, where, where can we see what Stephen McWhorter, Jason Claiborne, what are you guys up to? What's going on? What's going on in your ministry? Um, but uh, yeah, we're good, man. We have a sold out show awesome. actually coming out next week locally that we're doing and we're recording a live record for that. Awesome. Um, it'll be very interesting. You know, Louisville, Kentucky, you guys are, a lot of you're from there and stuff, so you know, um, home to the Brianna Taylor thing. So what Jason and I are doing is we literally have two totally different cultures from the same city coming together to worship in a packed house. Um, awesome. yeah. It's going to be pretty crazy, and yeah. so we're excited about that more than putting out records, like being a part of something where we not to be grandiose, but just to be one part of hopefully kind of bringing us together and learning how to. Not that we have to always do stuff together but learning how to do it without being uncomfortable <laughs> yeah you know oh, yeah. um but anyways yeah we just released highest praise which is going great i don't know what are you guys releasing this podcast uh next tuesday next week Jacob. come out on tuesday okay so. never mind then i can't say something that's really cool but anyways we just released highest praise and it's awesome uh i can't tell you jesus is coming back but i can't tell you when <laughs> but it's coming you know um so uh, we're also releasing on the 19th, uh, the reimagined version of Born a King with uh, this awesome version of Oh Holy Night that we're doing. And we're working on another record awesome. already uh, with Brian Fowler, who's, like I said, you know, Toby's producer and a good friend of mine for <clears throat> the summer next year. So we are very awesome. busy, but it's good. Yeah. This is off subject, but have you ever thought about um, doing a dramatization of the Bible with your voice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what people need in a world, in a world surrounded by. Well, Stephen, it's been an honor um, to sit down and just talk with you and uh, to share your heart to everybody. And um, we're looking forward to, you know, things to come with your ministry and um, just all the stuff you got coming out. And uh, we appreciate you, brother. Oh, man, appreciate you guys and really grateful yeah. for you all. Awesome. Love this family thing you guys are doing. It's so good. Yeah. Awesome, brother. All right. Awesome. We will talk to you Thanks later, Steve. All right. Bye.